Blog Talk Radio. said, and I don't even know what it was. It was about Black Lives Matter. 
once he apologized, they then made him renounce his wife. And once he did that, then they fired him. Yeah, they, but he still gets paid. I read it's in Spain. It happened in Spain. Yeah, it was a shocker, too. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's the L.A. Uh, Galaxy. I don't know where the dude lives. Oh, really? Okay. But it's in California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, check it out. Okay. We, we, we've, we've lost our minds here. <laughs> well, I might even scary. get fired I tell for you. mentioning that guy getting fired. Yeah, yeah no, no, honestly, you could get uh, in trouble maybe because you're insensitive, okay? You, because you're saying this guy shouldn't have been fired, maybe that means you're insensitive. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been fired, of course. Oh, that's not for me to <laughs> okay. say. Walk it back. Simply... Jerry's walking it back, no. everybody. Please no, attention. no. Yeah, okay. I was simply passing along news that was information he simply remember back news. remember back when news used to just be news yeah i'm pretending like, cox, like the good old days michael g cox what were you saying there no i said he's just simply reporting the news that's yeah. all yeah reporting the news okay? yeah i know so, i know that no, nobody knows how that goes anymore i mean now i have to give you the news and tell you how to feel about it I'm not telling you how to uh, feel about it. Or, or no, no, you have to give the news and the disclaimer that you're not associated with those statements, okay? Now, let me just okay. thank the sponsors. Let me, you weren't here, Jerry, but mm-hmm. we've got a new so – last week we got a new sponsor. Adams, Evans, and Ross are the credit and collection specialists Man. for the recruiting industry. Man, if you – God, uh, I love those guys. Weeks, go back a few weeks, everybody. Listen to Wilson Cole. He's the boss over there. Man, he did a great show. I really enjoyed it. Okay, and nice that's him. And guy. He, he liked the show so much he wanted to be a sponsor. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I was shocked. <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, uh, and anyway, what about our old friends, PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software, and Honeit H O N E I T dot com, the online interview recording technology, and finally Hire Tool H I R E T U A L dot com. I'll be that's the super duper sourcing tool. I'll be telling you more about all of those companies in a few minutes but you know what uh i just want to remind uh everybody we've got a guest <laughs> 10 minutes into the show and he hasn't even been mentioned and not only that he's a return guest okay the only thing i remember he's got a tough name his name is joe scalronic i think last time you were here you complimented me that i got the pronunciation right do i have that right joe close it's scalronic Skaronic. Okay, well, I enunciated just to make sure that everybody gets it, okay? Okay. Now, you want to inter- – okay, here, actually, you say on your blog, which hasn't been you've, – you've got a link to your blog on your LinkedIn profile, but you haven't touched your blog. You haven't touched your blog for no. three years, okay? But I went there. Who has? And you, who has? Okay. Do people still you, blog? Well, he doesn't. <laughs> so he says. Yeah, nobody. Says, no, yeah, the smart money left the blogging uh, world about four or five well, years yeah, ago. Our, Jerry, our Facebook groups are are blogs, really. They're just blogs in a more convenient uh, location. Mm-hmm. Everybody's linked, and it's easy to post. Okay, so this guy yeah. Joe, our guest today, Joe, he says that on your blog, uh, okay, you know, in, on his blog, he says everybody should have a uh, a networking uh, elevator pitch that lasts for 15 to 30 seconds and he actually puts his there i want now i want to see if he can give us a good uh, elevator pitch go ahead joe so my name is joe skranek i am a recruiter in the embedded system space so i um, work with engineers who are developing model-based controls in the software that are found in 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 the vehicle yeah, I didn't understand a word you said after I'm a uh, recruiter. Okay, okay. Look, I got to tell you, I think that's your line making all that gurgly noise, Joe. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You hear the echo? The echo. <laughs> I just heard it again. I got a feeling it's you, Joe. Okay. I don't know how you recruit with that phone. Okay. 
So so let me just let me just see tell you tell everybody what you wrote on your on your blog at that time because what you did now all the technical stuff was too confusing for me but it was better than what you wrote then you said hello my name is Joe Skoranek I graduated from Oakland University and did sales for many years recently I moved into recruiting and felt I did very well. My goal is to become a recruiting manager because I like coaching and mentoring other recruiters. Can you imagine someone telling you that on an elevator or in a networking meeting? It sounds like a robot, okay? That is stupid. I can't tell you. I'm glad you dropped it. You smartened up. Animal, can we lift our guest up here a little bit? In times like these, do we really need to start by tearing people down? I just want him to fight back. Tell tear me down. Tell me I'm wrong, Joe. No, I um, I wrote that blog, and I at that time I moved from sales to recruiting. Um, yeah, I believe what I said now is a lot more prevalent. So. Yeah. Okay. You know that's no excuse. You had your title as VP of Sales. A VP of Sales should have known better as well. Because here's what you said. When you're doing a, ne- a network, an elevator, start with people. Uh, okay, uh, okay. Anyway, well, okay, I'll move on. For forget it, Jerry. Jerry says, "Don't do it." Okay, okay. Uh, can, you know can what, I, Joe? Can I? You... Can I? Hey, this man, you're getting nowhere, dude. You got no traction. Can I take over for a second? Go ahead. Just a second. Okay, Joe, you're in Detroit, eh? Yes. How's business? What's going on up there? Give us, give us a word on the street. Bird's eye view. What's um, happening? Business. So we uh, business is is actually decent for us. Um, Great. So, I mean, we've we've consistently had hires every week, and we did a lot of things that other companies didn't do. Um, is we put mm. people on the paid bench. We did people uh, over profit. Con- contractors or. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so you do a lot of work with contracted embedded engineers, then. Right. Yeah, we're a full-fledged engineering company, so it's kind of a hybrid of staffing and outsourced projects. So okay, we're a great. little different than your typical staffing company. Okay. Uh, we probably finished, would have never learned that if Animal if Animal would have just kept berating you about stuff you did years ago. Okay. I, no, I like to know what people are doing now. Oh, no, I was going to ask him, uh, did you listen to the intro, my intro, Joe? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just want to know. I mean, some of us comment on Facebook and places like that. Uh, the Prime Minister of Canada, sorry this echo is killing me, but I'll keep trying. Okay. The Prime Minister of Canada, you know, he went to a protest on Saturday standing shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of strangers, okay, out in the street. Even though in, for the last in three, blackface garb or no? No, that was 30 years ago. No? Uh, he, yeah, it was 30 years ago okay. he went to a Just party checking. dressed like Will Smith, okay? Okay, ho- but, hope you don't mind if I check. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, okay, okay. But anyway, uh, so he went out there after three months when he'd been telling everybody to stay home, okay? And he's doing these daily press conferences with – uh, you know, the media 30 yards away and stuff like that. Okay, is it okay to comment on that if you think the prime minister, you know, is stupid or, uh, you know, it, it's a hypocritical? Joe, do you think you'd be putting yourself in an awkward position if if you, you comment on that? Is it better just to stay hands off? If it's uh, – it depends on your, your how you're set up. If you're keeping your your Facebook – and your LinkedIn and your professional um, friends just on LinkedIn, no one's really going to see it. That's fine. But like me, I'm Facebook friends with the directors and other high-level people at my company. So I wouldn't do that. So that's probably the wrong, wrong way. Okay, wrong so if you were me following me and, and I posted something about the prime minister and you – let's say you were a Canadian and you saw that, you would, you would not comment because you couldn't control the privacy – of my comments, you would just stay away from it. Is that is that right? right. Okay, right. and and you would stay away because you agree that if you express a political opinion, it might go down wrong with the company. Uh, is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. 
Anybody else want to comment? Anybody? Uh, yes, you can. You can comment. Also known as virtue signaling. Uh, uh-huh. Very, very common uh, to show your state of wokeness. Uh, you should post on stuff just to show people that you're in the groove with everybody, whether you believe it or not. And that's uh, oh, it's very, very uh, highly recommended. Jerry, you're you're burying yeah. us with these comments on wokeness. Okay, uh, people are going to think you're you're some kind of uh, you know. I don't want to say, but a, a certain kind of person that, that and they're going to think Michael G. Cox is that kind of guy too, or, or, or me, right? Well, what do you mean a certain kind of a person? Those types of assumptions without knowing me. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. See, cause I have to tell you, I just wanted to stay, stick with this just a little more. I retweeted this this morning. I thought it was funny. And I, and I had thought to myself, am I going to get in trouble? It's uh, this guy, this uh, professor in, in England uh, from an Asian background. I think his family comes from Hong Kong. He said, uh, they say Asian parents don't give compliments, but my mother once told me that the government would have shot me <laughs> during the communist takeover because I have a big mouth. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was really a perfect uh, comedic line. But, you know, uh, if there was a machine tracking tracking me, I don't know. I don't know. They might say, mm-hmm. what's he talking about? Why is he liking something about Asian parents not giving compliments? Uh, it's scary. Am I right? That's, that's borderline hate speech affirmation <laughs> by way of third party. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. That's a roll of the dice, animal. Very ballsy move. Yeah, he says my. He says, but you know, don't say my parents never complimented me. (laughs) And then that's what he says. Okay, Uh, what about this? Uh, You know, it is you. But by the way, it is you. I muted you, uh, Joe, while Jerry was talking, (laughs) and it was nice and quiet for a change. No echo. He's got the show running in the background, I think. Oh yeah, do you have a speaker on? Nothing. I'm just- I'm I'm in in my own office. I don't have a actual normal phone, so it's just a cell phone on my ear. Yeah. Okay. Well, what can we do? Uh, you're you're screwing up the show, but what can I say? Uh, you're the guest. Okay. <laughs> what about what about this? Okay. Is this a phony success formula? Getting up early. I think it is. I don't think it helps at all. What do you think? No. I mean the the, the people who are successful or making calls after six o'clock at night. So when do you think candidates are available to talk? Uh-huh. So I would say working late is more of a formula than getting up early. Uh-huh. So do you think that recruiters should start maybe around uh, 10 o'clock in the morning because they're going to be making calls in the evening? Uh, yes, unless you want to work 12 hour days, right? If, if the people who aren't, who, who shut off at five o'clock are not successful recruiters. Okay. Uh-huh. It sounds like you work at home then. Do you work at home? You said you're in an office. I'm at home until at least August. Oh, I so. see. Okay. Okay. Can, can, can I, can I just throw in my two cents on this whole up early work late thing? Yeah. Uh, connecting with clients and managers and new customers that's an early morning thing. Candidates are an evening thing. You're not you're not talking to any customers at seven thirty at night. Mm-hmm. And candidates yeah. don't want candidates don't want you ringing them at seven thirty a.m. Just a thought. I mean, I I don't know, if, Joe. Do you work more with uh, candidates or the customers or both? Those so some customers are so busy d- during the day. The only time we talk is after they're done at work. So some of the customers. So, uh, but yes, I'm, I'm 80, 20. It's 80% of the time more talking to candidates than customers. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. Okay. Here's, here's what this guy said. I saw on your LinkedIn. It says I was recruited by Joe, uh, 
into LHP, he was always very friendly when talking to me. That made it easier to deal with the process because looking for a job is not something you do every day. And I felt nervous uh, talking to recruiters. But Joe always made me feel like I could talk to a friend, and that helped a lot. Okay? Joe, are you especially – but what would you say, Michael G. Cox? So that's warm and fuzzies. Yeah, is that important? That's what I want. That's what I'm asking. Joe, is do you deliberately uh, make yourself friendly? Uh, you know, what's the story there? Um, yeah, yeah, because you're you're dealing with a lot of a lot of recruiters who are very transactional, right? We don't we don't want them to feel that it's transactional. It's about building relationships because, you know, if they had a great experience, they're going to refer friends. Okay. Does transactional mean not friendly? What are you talking about there? When you say, oh, oh yeah, there's a lot of transactional. transactional. You're going to have to explain this and, and do it slowly. So transactional is <laughs> not really just learning the bare minimum to get them submitted over to the customer. Not really um, trying to understand kind of who they are, what motivates them. Things, things like that, and kind of hand-holding throughout the whole process, right? Okay, now I was gonna, I was gonna tell Michael G. Cox, he's so funny. I don't mind if I'm on the spectrum, okay, and I need things spelled out to me a little more clearly than the average person. But listen to the, the way this guy's talking. He's on the spectrum too. If I'm on the spectrum, he's on the spectrum. He sounds like a robot, okay? I, 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 that doesn't sound like a pal. So you don't, you don't. Uh, that's not warm and fuzzy. You don't sound warm and fuzzy to me, Joe. That's not something you try. Uh, am I right? Oh, I. Very warm and fuzzy. I coddle candidates. You know, I'm talking to them, phone screen, talk to them before the interview, after the interview, once I get their offer, talk to them their first day. So anything could, could go wrong, so I'm a very paranoid person throughout the whole process. Okay, I guess you're missing my point. I mean, I don't. I want to know what makes you sound friendly, because you don't sound friendly to me now. You sound... Neutral. You don't sound real friendly, okay? What's the story there? Am I wrong? Jerry, does he sound friendly? Jerry's gone. He's eating lunch or something. Okay. Let me move on. Okay. Oh, bored. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm trying my hardest. Okay. Here's another, here's, here's another uh, recommendation from LinkedIn for you. Two years ago, when I was looking for a job, I received an email from Joe... Skoranek about an opportunity describing a very detailed, you know, offering a very detailed job description. Okay, so what what is it you sent this guy? I just sent him a job description for one of our internal roles in our okay. So he, he he you weren't replying to an application from him. This was you low source somebody. And you sent him, like they always tell you not to do, you sent a full detailed job description to someone who didn't know you from Adam. Is that what I'm understanding or incorrectly? Uh, it's it's kind of incorrectly. We, we were talking for about, he was in the U.S., went back to India, was trying to find a way to get back into the U.S. So there were conversations before that. It's, it wasn't just a blind job description like he kind of narrated it to be. Okay. So. I don't gather that I'm getting you excited, Joe. What do you want to talk about? Uh, what do I want to talk about? I want to talk about <clears throat> uh, about setting up recruiting, and I think there's arguments on the show in the past. Is it better to be a generalist, or is is it better to be a you know have a core type of business, right? So if you're a generalist, you you pretty much have to start each search over. If if we if you give me embedded software engineer, I, I it's more about waiting for openings for jobs and not not finding the candidates. So in that way, we can be more proficient. 
Okay. So. Okay. You know what? Okay, I'm going to tell you something. You need to add a little more pep to your delivery. I don't like it when Jerry tells me I'm the problem. Michael G. Cox says I'm the problem, and I'm telling you, you gotta, you can't be a wet noodle, okay? You gotta liven it up. At least for the show, I'm going to do an ad. I'll teach you how to do it, okay? Hey, everybody, PC Recruiter is the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. Wait a second, Joe. Just so everybody doesn't have to hear me twice, I'm going to mute you while uh, I'm doing this ad. Your area code 248, right? Joe. Joey. Yes. Okay, 248, I'm putting you on hold. Okay, hi, everybody. PCRecruiter.net. It's the Swiss. It didn't work. It's still there, dude. Swiss- yeah, maybe it's not him. It wasn't him. Okay, 408. Let me see. Yeah, it's 408. Eric Cook 408. I'm sorry, Joe. Okay, great. That's good. At least it won't have for the rest of the show. Anyway, PC Recruiter, it's a recruiting software that's good for every kind of recruiting, direct recruiting, contract recruiting, executive recruiting. It don't matter. They help you. They're very versatile. It doesn't matter if you're a kitchen table recruiter working in your mom's basement, okay, or if you're in a a big recruiting team in a a big building downtown once the lockdown is over, okay. Uh, They will support you. They uh, help you configure the software to suit your workflow. They don't impose anything on you, okay. So, Go check them out at PCRecruiter.net. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now about our new sponsor as well. But I'm not going to tell you the name again. StaffingDebt.com. StaffingDebt.com. If you go there this week or actually this month of June and say that you're coming from the Recruiting Animal Show, they'll give you a bonus uh, I think 30 days free for their BackdoorHires.com software. Backdoor Hires searches the net and make sure that your wonderful clients don't steal your candidates okay i don't they didn't tell me to say that but that's what i think how i think of it okay if you send someone out and uh they say oh no i don't think we're ready to hire this guy and then they go and hire him or her and don't tell you Backdoor Hires is going to tell you that's happening. Now, Wilson told us they don't always do it on purpose, okay? Sometimes they they just forget, whatever the case. If you go and try out Backdoor Hires, tell them you're coming from Recruiting Animal. And and the StaffingDebt.com, it's all about collections in the recruiting business, okay? I'll do the other ones when we... uh, when we get back to it, okay. So where were we, Joe? I I, I falsely accused you of causing the echo. I'm boring. Um, and I did. So echo. There's no <laughs> echo anymore. Okay, okay, okay. Now listen, a recruiter wrote, "Don't expect people to like you." Okay, when you contact people, Joe, are are they? Is it always in response to a, a resume, or are there ever real cold calls of people who don't know you're going to call them? Um, I really, so I'm usually starting with, with an email. Um, I'm really have a different philosophy when it comes to recruiting. Uh, I have buckets of people just kind of waiting for openings. So I'm in kind of in a good spot where I don't have to do a whole lot of sourcing, which is amazing. But when I do have to uh, contact people, it's usually email and then, it's not really if I'm cold calling them it's it's almost always at 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 the wrong time, so not always happy to hear from me okay uh so do you prepare yourself psychologically to be disliked? Oh yeah, I've been in sales prior to recruiting so, uh-huh. you know, so yeah, I'm always preparing myself. I've only been hung up on three times. <laughs> Okay, no, but I mean, so uh, when I say psychologically prepared, someone hangs up on you, and you say, well, tough luck. You shrug your shoulders and make the next call. Uh, are you able to do that, or do you get upset? No, no, never get upset. I, again, being in sales, 80% of the time um, is no, right? The close, the um, the next no I get is closer to the next yes. Uh-huh. So that's how that's you think, how think, okay? 
you, you, you're, yep. you're a real explorer. You know, you know, uh, bumps in the road, they don't bother you. Is that right? Right. Okay. I wish right. I was like that. Bumps in the road bother me. Okay. I get upset. Now, you said you've got buckets, buckets of potential candidates. You don't have to do any sourcing. Where do those buckets come from? Um, just just sourcing LHP um, through their marketing, and they've been around, is known as the company that works with embedded systems. So I get a lot of referrals. So a lot of hires that thought I was nice who referred me candidates. <laughs> okay, how do, you, how do you get them to refer them to you? Do they just, out of the blue, say, Joe, I love you, and I want you to call all my friends, or do you ask them? Hey, who's who's sitting next to you? Who do you know who does this? I most time I'm calling them and and asking them. Other times they'll see a role posted, say, "Hey, I have a friend I think would be a great fit for for, for this. You should call him." Okay, you've you've got this bucket of candidates. Do you do anything uh, in the way of formal pipelining, like you create a newsletter that you send out every month to all the people in your uh, your bucket? Anything like that, or you just you know when you when when you have a search, you you, you go through the 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 database. Yeah, typically I will um, go through the database and and do a email marketing uh, campaign. If for some reason I don't have it, but otherwise I have five or six people in different areas that are kind of my go-to. I'll call for referrals. Oh, really? And how do you get them mm-hmm. to be such song? Um, I have a friend, he calls that kind of person a songbird. How do you develop a relationship like that? Well, from the onslaught, and then, you know, it's, if, if you're treating the, the, the people right, they're going to want to refer people. So the, uh, so we ended up putting uh, like 45 people on our paid bench. And so those people are, are also sending people for other areas. So, um yeah, so when it, you it, treat people right, what does that mean? Like, uh, what, how come I have to pursue this so hard? When you <laughs> treat people right, they want to refer people. What does that mean? When you're honest with them, or, 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 you know, a, a lot of recruiters, you know, some recruiters aren't, aren't very nice, right? Um, they, they can be jerks sometimes, right? Um, so, you know, if you're honest with them, if you're treating them right, through the onboarding process, or you'll you'll get someone hired, and then they'll start in, a, in an entirely different role than they thought it was. Um, some recruiters also, you know, would talk about salary, and when it comes to the offer, the salary's different. So, you know, if you're honest and transparent and and uh, responsive, right? You know, I'm honest. People aren't throwing candidates at me. Michael G. Cox, are you honest? Yes, I, I'm, I'm curious though. This, you know, the, the warm and fuzzies that we've been talking about, and, and it's getting you candidates. Um, but is any of this leading to new business? I'm just just so curious he, how you're able to maybe pivot that. Okay, go go ahead. Are you inside a corporation, or do you work on, uh, as an agency? I'm inside a forty million dollars. Corporation. So there, there you go. There's your answer. I answered your question, Michael G. Cox. I thought maybe you knew something that I didn't. Thank He's you. in a company, an engineering company. He just told you that at the be- now. I remember he said at the beginning of the show. Maybe you were sleeping. Okay. I might have been. Might have been. My apologies. <laughs> okay. 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 Oh, well, here's well, a question. Why, I'm going to let you think of it. From, why the switch from sales to recruiting? And. Now, are you focused on sales recruiting? No, no, he's recruiting engineers, so, embedded embedded software uh, engineers. Well, he's also asking about generalist versus, you know, niching down and and being a specialist. Yeah, he's a so specialist in embedded question, engineers, Michael G. Cox. I mean, what happened to you this week? My first no coffee? Then is why would you? I'm drinking my coffee right now. It's starting to kick in. Why would why the move? Why the switch from sales to recruiting? So um, so when I got into LHP, um, it was like 2013. 
we only had an office in Columbus, Indiana before then. So I built up to the built up sales there into the point where the problem wasn't the wrecks. It was problem of people, the recruiters not really knowing the, the technology. And I was the only one who could recruit that. So the president asked me to, you know, switch to recruiting. So I did that um, for a while. Um, I did leave for like a year for a startup, which was more a different area, which in, in manufacturing, which, which I hated. So I, I came back. <laughs> I, I like recruiting a lot more than sales. Michael G. Um, Cox, anything else okay. you've done there? Michael so, G. Cox? And then if, if, you were, if you were to go away from being a generalist, you would stick to the tech recruiting side of this? Well, I'm not generalist. Yeah, than... I'm, I'm, yeah, so while at LHP, that's, that's kind of what, what, what we did is, so I'm the embedded systems guy. So everything within, you know, the software that runs in the engine. And you recommend, you, you like niche recruiting. You support the idea of being a niche recruiter because you just told us that those generalist recruiters couldn't do a good job because they didn't have enough focus and depth on that specific technology. Am I right? Is that what you've been telling us? Tell Michael G. Cox. He hasn't been listening too closely. Okay. Yeah, that is exactly. So one of the, um, yeah, so I can talk to, I can talk to a candidate uh, more deeply about a role than a generalist recruiter would be able to from, you know, one of those, you know, larger staffing agencies because they're working on so many different things. Okay, so would you and, say, would you agree with this statement, generalist, generalist recruiters suck? Would you say yes, that's true? <laughs> no, I think, I don't think that's true. I, I think it can be done in sales and manufacturing, but once you're getting to the super technical things like embedded systems and IT, um, I don't think they take the time to learn the role deep enough and the technology deep enough. Okay. Well, if they're working a lot of recs or searches, they don't have time to, to, to learn uh, any of them in any depth. That's, that's essentially what you're saying. You don't want to admit it, but that's the message I'm getting from you. These generalists, they're know-nothings, okay? You're the man or person who can really have a, a, an engaging conversation and uh, do a good screen on a candidate. Okay, so you don't even have to answer that. I answered for you based on the information you've already given us. I want to do another ad, okay? Hire tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L.com. Man, it is a sourcing tool, the one everybody raves about on Facebook. Every discussion, there's always people asking every day, oh, what's the best sourcing tool? How do I get contact information? Okay. People in the comments are always – they'll give a whole bunch of tools. I'm not saying there's lots of good tools, but they're always raving about hire tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. And it's not just any recruiters. It's, it's recruiters I recognize as super-duper recruiters, highly respected recruiters and sourcers. They like hire tool. Go check it out, okay? And then in a minute I'm going to come back and talk to you about Honit. But first I'm going to talk to Joe the guest about resumes. Jason uh, Barber, a former guest on this show, he said, all marketing spins the truth, so there's no reason a resume should be any different. Do you agree with that, Joe? Yeah, there's yes. There's a lot of uh, resumes um, uh-huh. that are very deceiving because they end up talking about what, um, what, what the team's doing, not that person. So um, you got to kind of read through that. And how do you do that? Do you just call the person up and say, look, I'm not clear if anybody else has, you know, really had responsibility for this duty or if that was your specific responsibility? Uh, Do you actually ask them a blunt question like that? Yeah, I'm like, where are you doing this? Um, What do you do? I understand what your team did. What do you do? Okay. Now, and, now how well, can you how, how can you be say, warm and fuzzy? Uh, that doesn't sound warm and fuzzy. It sounds confrontational, or as you like to say, transactional, cold-hearted. No, they end up respecting you more um, because 
all most of the recruiters are not I would say most. Some of the recruiters in the industry spend fifteen minutes on phone screens. I spend forty five minutes to an hour to understand everything and they end up respecting me for that. And Okay, and so, so you see, well, you're saying, look, I read your resume. Your resume sucks. It's not very clear. It looks like you're claiming to do this duty, and I can't tell if you're the person doing it or somebody else, and you're just on the same team. So are you bluffing me or not? Okay, now's the chance. You have to be straight with me. That's what you're saying, okay? And that, you're doing that for 45 minutes, and they like you after that? Well, that's only a part of it. The other part is learning the uh, understanding technology, and um, and then you know some of them, you know, a lot of them, you know, ask if I was an engineer, so they feel like they're not talking to a recruiter anymore, right? Because I work for an engineering company. Yeah. So you so. sound like an engineer. You can you can fake that because you know so much about the jargon and stuff like that, and the responsibilities. I could probably. I could probably get hired, but not do very well as an investor. Okay, software. so you yeah. you get you get yourself hired, and on day one uh, you wouldn't be able to do anything, so they, they, yeah. they'd know. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so that suggests that suggests that you think good talkers can do better in an interview than maybe somebody who's got the great skills, but doesn't know how to present themselves. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, there there are great interviewers who who will last a week. And they're brilliant engineers who can't get a job because they can't pass an interview, but are brilliant. Really? Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. And have you, have you ever hired somebody or put, put somebody forward that they were, you know, a, man, you had a conversation and you said, I just felt exhilarated after I talked to this person. And then they show up at work and uh, you have egg on your face. Has that ever happened? Um, that, that happened – the one time it happened is we had, and it was told by accident, we had one manager who would, um, at one company, who would ask the same questions no matter how, how it happened, right, no matter what they answered. And just prepping the candidates, we're, by accident, we were like, hey, they're going to ask these things. And he memorized it and got the job and lasted for a week. And it wasn't mm. us trying to do anything faulty, but we – pretty much gave them away with the farm without knowing. <laughs> okay. okay, so, so you gave away approach. the test questions. I'm going to ask you in a second. I want you to think of this while I'm doing the ad. How do you prep candidates? How much time, since you said you're generous with your time, how much time do you, you know, spend with a candidate before an interview, and what exactly do you uh, go over with them? Because we, we have a friend, Tyron Giuliani, and he spent – he was working with senior people for huge fees. He spent tons of time prepping them for uh, their interviews. But right now, I'm going to talk about Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T.com, the online interview recording technology. You go to a website. Your candidate calls into the same website. It records your conversation. When you have a special question, you press a little button, and it uh, it, it records that and allows you to press the button again when the, that specific topic is done. You've got a clip of the candidate in his or her own words talking about that essential issue. You send it off to the hiring manager, and she decides what she thinks of that person's uh, answer. Okay, and uh, it also provides a searchable transcript. It used to be just audio because, you know, Nick Livingston is a recruiter, the boss over there, and, and we like audio. We like talking on the phone. But people wanted video, so now you can get video too. I mean, he's got everything for you. Hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. Okay, back to you, Joe. I asked you a question before. Do you remember what question that was? How long I spend prepping yeah. candidates for an interview? Yeah, how long? So I, I spend uh, 30 minutes to 45 minutes in prepping the candidates. Uh, I come up with, 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 with my questions. If they would ask you this, um, you know, how are you doing the development for this product? Um, if I have the right type of customer, I kind of know their format. So, um, so because I have one customer who will just have them talk about. Uh, when you their say background. customer, that's why Jerry was confused. When you say customer, you mean internal customer, right? 
Um, internal cust- we have internal customers, and then we have external customers too. So we do um, engineering, outsource projects, and then customers come yep. to us for, for contractors as well as they're not oh, okay. outsourcing. Okay, 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 okay. So maybe maybe I, However, I should have understood yeah. that before. Yep, yep. So um, so I, I know, and this one person would, you know, for example, I would have to say, hey, you're talking about your resume. This guy's got 10 years of experience. He spent like 25 minutes talking about his background. So I go, uh-huh. hey, we need that down to 10 minutes, man. <laughs> so, so I had to coach them on brevity as well, right? And then the types of, of areas they would talk about, not giving away the farm like this other guy. So, okay, so you don't tell them the exact, you don't use the exact same questions that, that the hiring manager is going to use. Am I right about that? Or, no. you, or you don't really right. know what the hiring manager is going to say because that one hiring manager asks the same questions every time, but not everybody does that. Uh, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that was, that was an anomaly. But um, I'm lucky with some of our customers that we can actually, a lot of our interviews are WebEx or, or conference calls, so then they allow us to listen. So, so based on the last interview, I can kind of see – Okay, so hold you know, on a second. If you're if you're listening and you feel the uh, candidate has not uh, touched on the right issue, will will, will you say, wait a second, uh, Ms. Hiring Manager, uh, and then you say, Mary, well, I think what uh, Shelley wants to know exactly is is you know what you've done in this area. Will you interject and help the hiring manager and the candidate, you know, hone in on just the right thing? No. No, I, I'm hands off. If, if I do that, I think they'll, they'll, uh, they won't let us listen in anymore. <laughs> so, I, I would be happy we're, if, we're if I would be happy if I would, if I was the hiring manager, I would be happy that the recruiter was helping me. Although I want to, uh, we, we don't do that. Mm, boy, I would have a hard time shutting up. Anybody else <laughs> want to ask him a question? There's other people here. Anybody want to ask him a question or, you know, fight with him or, you know, scold me or you know, I'm too boring, I'm saying the dumb things, the stuff you always scold me about, anything like that? Uh, just for anything? the record, you're boring and you ask dumb things. Okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> that's MikeRecruiter.com if you want to see somebody else. Who, okay, and criticize him, go to MikeRecruiter.com. You'll see his LinkedIn profile. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let me see uh, what other questions. Okay, uh, I, I saw some uh, people, corporate recruiters, complaining that they are overburdened, that they really can't do the work. Uh, I barely have time to source because we use an old ATS and uh, that requires a lot of clicks, and they make us do a lot of uh, manual work, you know, that someone else repeats. I don't even know what she was referring to there. But she said she doesn't have time to screen properly, okay, that they are overburdened. So another person said, look, i got to tell you, I do all my screening with email. I come up with three to five questions. I send the, uh, an email to the candidate, and I judge their answers uh, on the, that way for who I'm actually going to talk to. What do you think of that screening by email? Um, that that makes me cringe. Um, so is this person saying that they're not talking to the people they're sending over, or is just they're determining by the questions if they're going to screen them or not? Okay, he sends. Here's what he says. He sends three to five key questions uh, that the candidate must answer, detailing their experience, and they can use it as a quick guide. Uh, you know, they, they decide on that basis if they're going to actually have a phone screen, and then they go over that same the same stuff, you know, asking for more detailed answers on the phone. So, what about just put that on the, the on the as part of the application and be done with it? And it, it doesn't sound like whoever is doing that is that's not first of all obviously that's not working if you're doing proactive recruiting. Um, you know, so if you're going to do something like that, just do, make it part of the application and be done with it. Okay, it's not an application necessarily. They're going out and recruiting somebody uh, by email. You send out an email, right? 
Michael G. Yeah. Cox, and you say, look, this is a position I'm working on. Might you have some interest in it? And the person sends back a message, yes, I'd like to talk about it. And then before you reply, answer these first three, these three questions first. To see if I want to well, talk yeah, to you. You know what? I think that's burdening the person with too much on the first email. I might be wrong. Yes. But then, You'll never get any candidates if you're waiting for them to answer any questions, some questions before, you, you know, we hear these horror stories about the applicant process, right, and, and all this stuff they got to jump through. Before you even talk to a person, you're trying to gonna ask them the questions. Just do what, the, what all of us do. Hey, if the resume looks good, call them. The ones who look the best, call them first. And if you don't have time for the other ones who don't look as good, don't call them. Okay, so you're making a, a, a clear, blunt statement, okay? You are 100% against if the person bites after you've made the initial email, cold email recruiting uh, uh, pitch. If the person bites, uh, don't send them a follow-up email with three to five questions. Get on the phone and talk to them personally. Yeah. You're saying this is a yeah. disaster formula. Yeah, yeah, you're you're adding more time to yourself. You're adding uh, an extra step with the candidates, which if they're um, if they're in a niche market and these people are tough to find, they're not gonna. You're gonna Nobody miss out on the candidate that. by the time they answer the questions. Just okay. look if you figure that that candidate is somebody you need to speak to, make it as easy as possible, as low commitment as possible, to get them to that next baby step. And that exactly. next baby step may be maybe they'll take my text message next time, or, or maybe it is a full-fledged, quick 15-minute conversation on the phone. But whatever it is, you've got to make it so easy and so low committal that, that they're going to be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll have that quick chat. But if you're doing an email, and in that email you're including, you know, you're already giving them hoops to jump through, Get out of here. That's not going to work. Hold on, Michael G. Uh, unless. Oh, wait, wait a second. You're un- a sales. You're... Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so you're un- a sales unless special. you're recruiting positions that are <laughs> super low and, and you know, forklift operators or, or maybe some something that's, that's high volume, you know, call center, things like that. Yeah. And I get the point of having to try and whittle it down. But well, that's that's the thing. The if you're a sales, position, you oh, no, 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 don't tell me. Go ahead, and then you talk over me for ten minutes, okay? Here's the okay, thing. Go ahead, go pa- ahead. Part of sales is qualifying your uh, client. You know, they always say, don't spend a half an hour talking to somebody who really, you know, is not going to buy in the end anyway. Okay? So okay. if this step helps qualify the candidates and, and actually point you to the ones who are worthwhile to talk to, you know, no, I don't see why it's so bad. Stage. That's what you do at the sourcing stage. If, if you're having trouble, you know, having too many conversations with too many people that are not qualified enough, then you need a new and better list. And right. if, if, you're, if you're not having enough conversations with solid candidates, that maybe you can't even place today, but maybe you can help them or, or just have that preliminary conversation. Do that, and don't make them jump through so many hoops. Okay. i got to do an ad before we're finished. I'm just going to run through all, all. You know, they, I think I've got four uh, clients now, and uh, they might start getting mad at me that there's too many. Staffingdebt.com. <laughs> They are the collection expert for the staffing and recruiting industry, okay? I've never used them myself, but Rich Rosen, who makes a million dollars a year, he has, and he he endorses them, okay? Is there a better endorsement than that? I don't think so. Hire tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool. Amy Miller, famous recruiter, loves them, okay? Check it out. Hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. Who was it? I think Mike Batman Cohn. He's the guy who just raved about them a few weeks ago on the show, if I'm not mistaken. And PCRecruiter.net, okay? 
Wilson Call, the guy from Staffing Debt, he loves PCRecruiter.net. So you've got all these superstars raving about each other. Check them all out, okay? Uh, let me ask you something, uh, Joe. Okay, what yeah. about you? You make and we're talking uh, about sourcing lists and you know narrowing the sourcing list down to just the right people. That's what Michael G. Cox is talking about. So, what if you do your initial source and Hi, then you reach the Sadler Sioux residence? Please leave a message for either Kendra, Kelsey, or Dylan. <laughs> what is going on? Kendra, Kendra, Kendra. Bye bye. Leave a message. Leave a Let's leave a message for Kendra. This is the Recruiting Animal Show. Why don't you learn how to use your phone? Okay? <laughs> nice talking to you, Kendra. Kendra. <laughs> I like Kendra. Okay. Now, I guess uh, you know, we don't have to worry about turning it off for it. It'll turn off on its own. Okay. Uh, so, so you've got your initial uh, list. You've done some research uh, on these people. Uh, do you ever think of going to the hiring manager and asking her uh, if she likes these people before you actually make your calls? Some people say that's a thing the recruiter should be doing herself. You know, don't, you know, put this burden and this time waster on the hiring manager. Other people say, look, it's really worthwhile. It gives uh, the hiring manager a chance to, you know, point out exactly what she's looking for. What do you think about that, Joe? Um, I don't I, I don't think I need to do that with the hiring manager, at least internally. Um, we've already talked talked about it. And they're pretty much, if I send them an official submittal, um, there's enough trust in me that they're going to pretty much interview everyone I send. Uh-huh. Okay. So I don't do that. Okay. Uh-huh. If, oh, Michael G. Cox if it's something totally new, I'll do that. Okay, you will then do it then. Okay, you will do it. Only if it's something I've never worked on before. If it's something totally weird and well, you told us you're a niche oh, yeah. player, then that the whole thing is you work on the same thing all the time. Now you're saying there's certain right, jobs yeah, that right. you don't work on. Right. Okay. Michael G. Cox, would you do that since you're here and you've got an opinion on everything this week? W- would I do what? I'm sorry. Oh, wake up. Okay, there's only three minutes left. Would you go and make your initial sourcing list which you say has to be very narrow, and before you actually go out and make all the phone calls, show the hiring manager the the, the people and say, what do you think of this? Who, who are the ones you like best? Who would you like me to call first? Or are there any people in there you'd really like me to, to rule out? No. No, I mean, I would have done that, and, and I did do that sometimes from a, when I was on the corporate side. Um, and, and share with them what the results were because sometimes they're asking for way too much. And you basically plug that into either LinkedIn or Indeed. You conduct a resume database search and you show them for your geography, this is what you're asking for. This is how, you know, how many of these folks, you're doing like a mini market map for these folks. And you demonstrate what's out there. And then you say, and by the way, if you want to search for jobs with your qualifications, Look how many there are now. Now you see the demand for those folks, and then you're saying, and you think you can, you think you uh, just ended the <laughs> the voice. Yeah, yeah. And, and you yeah. think you can get away with paying this much in this region for that those qualifications? That's going to be tough, man. If you've got okay. plenty of time, then maybe we can move see, forward. Now I understand. Kendra's so smart that she didn't want to miss the last part of the show, even though it's recorded. So she she recorded it on her own phone. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> okay, I don't understand what you just said, Michael G. Cox, but I'm sure right, it was great. Uh, no, no, yeah. I'd like to hear it another time. Okay, Joe, a- anything, Kendra, parting words? On, on recording. Yeah, parting words, Joe? Uh, um, no, it was, it, was, it was fun. I feel it was actually less painful this time than the first time. So, well, you know, so you're getting progress. used to it. You'll come back next year again. Joe, Scalronic. Joe Scalronic. He doesn't say it like that. How do you say your name? Joe Scalronic. Joe Scalronic. I, I slowed it down. Michael G. Cox, MikeRecruiter.com. The great Jerry Albright. You know, he put in at least five minutes. Thank you, Jerry, for thinking of us. Goodbye, everybody. Hey!
Andy, what do you think of the show today? I missed it. I was uh, involved in uh, trench warfare. Man, I got to tell you, I'm. Hey, you Animal, know, mute the person that's doing the beeping. Okay, area code two hundred three. I'm off now. I'm gonna have some lunch. What are you gonna no, have? Don't you worry about that. Just handle your. Hey, show. I'm not worried about it. I was seeing if you were interesting. Andy Gregor, I'm sorry to have. Yeah, no, uh, no problem. Uh, no, I understand. Uh, we have to take care of uh, housekeeping. Um, I, uh, you know, man, I, I, I'm sure the guy's a nice guy. Uh, as a 